Grasshoppers continue to be an issue in parts of the prairies. John Gavlosky is an entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture. It's still quite variable. Um, there are some areas where um, certainly people can find them, but they're not really doing crop damage. And there are other areas where they are doing crop damage. So it, it really is quite variable across the province. Um, some of the crops that seem to be having some of the higher levels are the pastures and to some degree some of the cereal crops, a few areas, canola, um, pasture lands. One of the things that we often recommend for grasshopper control there is doing a technique, uh, we call it reduced area and agent treatments, but really what it is is spraying in strips where instead of just spraying the whole pasture, you do um, maybe 100 feet or so of spray or a boom or two and then leave an untreated strip and then do another treated strip and just do it alternating strips like that. There's been research on this in uh, Wyoming, University of Wyoming, and what they found was when they treated a whole pasture, they got 95% control, which is pretty good. When they did it in strips, so basically half of the pasture was treated, they got between 80 and 90% control. And the reason that works is because grasshoppers move around a lot, so um, especially if you're using uh, um, some of the higher residual products that might cost a bit more, it helps keep your costs down and still give you effective control. And plus, you're saving some uh, refuge for beneficial insects. Now, what are we uh, seeing in terms of um, diamondback moth? Diamondback moth seems to be more of an issue in the east and the interlake region. Um, again, things are variable. Some people are saying, yeah, we've got them, but they're not near threshold, and other people are saying that they're definitely above threshold, so there has been some spraying for diamondback moth, mainly in the, again, the east, southern interlake regions. One thing I'm um, just uh, advising people about is uh, look at what they're doing, look at uh, are they feeding on pods, because really it's the pod feeding, if they're doing that and doing a lot of it, that's what uh, can be significant. Feeding to flowers usually isn't a concern. The plants can compensate for that and the plants overproduce. But do just keep an eye on how much pod feeding they're doing and, and uh, do your foot square counts. Uh, threshold we tend to use is about 20 or 30 per foot square of canola. And don't get too freaked out if you are using a sweep net and you catch a lot of larvae in the sweep net. That really doesn't it tells you it's good to do some foot square counts, but it doesn't tell you your spray situation because the net covers a lot of plants, and you can sometimes get quite a few larvae in a, a sweep sample and still be well below the threshold. And wanted to touch a bit on uh, spider mites in uh, soybeans. Yeah, so spider mites do better in hot, dry years such as this. Uh, they're tiny little, they're not an insect, they're a mite, they're tiny little things. Uh, they're often on the underside of the leaves. They do make some webbing, and they usually start on the lower leaves, and there's usually a very heavy edge effect. There can be exceptions to that, but usually it's an edge effect where you notice some of the plants along the edge are, uh, some of the leaves are maybe turning yellow or brown. If you're not quite sure if it's spider mites, one way to do it is take a tray or take even a clipboard and put a piece of um, either white paper or even better black paper on the clipboard and just shake the leaves over that and you'll see these little dots moving all over the place. Those are the spider mites. Um, often, it, again, it is an edge effect. Uh, very rarely does a person have to treat a whole field for it. That can happen. Um, 
But just yeah, keep an eye on the levels. They they do better under dry conditions. If we were to get some rains, that could really help the situation. But uh, hard to say if that'll happen. And just an overall thought on on the drought, on the dry conditions. Um, what impact is that? You know, for insects. Um, what, what impact does the dry, dryness have, I guess, on crop damage or, or just on the amount of insects that we're seeing? Well, uh, it's a tricky question because um, insects are so different uh, that, that it, it's hard to say it makes it a worse insect year or it makes it an easier one because it, what it does is it puts, less, uh, it puts some insects at less risk and some at more risk. So grasshoppers do better under the dry conditions, Spider mites, I already mentioned, do better under the dry condition. So you've got a few that seem to prefer these drier conditions. Then you have others that prefer wetter conditions, some of the midges, sunflower midge. You barely see them usually under dry conditions. You see more under wet conditions. Um, the one that people don't like, mosquitoes, same thing. If they don't have standing water, you don't see those around. Um, so there's... It really depends on the insect quite a bit. The one thing, though, that it does do is for some of the generalists, like grasshoppers, it reduces the other plants that they will feed on. So grasshoppers, uh, three of our four pest species are generalists. They feed on lots of different things. And even the fourth one, the clear-wing grasshopper, the grass specialist, they feed on lots of different types of grasses. And often the, the ditches, the, the natural areas, have a lot of grasshoppers in them. But when the ditches are and the roadside areas are drying down because of dry weather or they're being cut, uh, that just moves the grasshoppers crops more. That was John Gavlosky, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network.